going to be how recorded. Will, how listen, I, pa- I unpaused it. How are people going to know that we're funny if we're not being funny in the first five seconds of our podcast? <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps we'll have to learn how to be people. <laughs> I want to do the intro. Sorry, I didn't mean to go directly. This is just funny. Um, <laughs> hi, welcome to season three, I guess, of Lukewarm Takes. It's like hot takes, but worse. I'm Jack. I'm bored. Um, and we're live this time. We're we've always been live, baby. Well, now we have now we have a camera. We're live, but you can see our faces. Um. Which means we have to learn how to look into cameras. It's ridiculous. You'd think, you'd think, uh, nearly two years straight of looking into webcams would have trained us, but no. Nope. Because when I'm on a Zoom call, I'm just looking at myself. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at my, at Narcissus's pool on yes. my own Zoom screen. Yes. Housekeeping things. Um, first, I'm gonna read our lovely, lovely list of patrons. Um, so... Yes, I have it all pulled up and everything. I'm not gonna forget and sub in an audio file that I was using for Nemesign before the episode this time. I'm, I'm being a good little boy. Um, thank you to Jonathan Humard, Alti, Morgan Patterson, Theo Hendry, Jace Pastris, Mordecai Sennett, Ollie Science, Juno, Jana Loney, Dylan Bochamp, hey. Aaron Subbo, I know Iris man. Newlin, Connor Fox, Saffron, and Adrian Frisbee. My bud. Thank you guys for giving us money. Um, if you would like to have your name read on this list, or access to our funky little Discord, or access to all of our fun behind-the-scenes content as we work on this show and our audio drama Nemesign, uh, you can sign up for a Patreon. It's linked below. Wow. Yeah, we've actually been doing a lot of cool things on Patreon. Yes, we have we have a person to manage our Patreon now, which is yeah. wonderful. I started doing some streams, I like, real hard on uh, Disco Elysium. That's okay. It was a painful. Oh, no, it's going to be so hard to um, do my little oh, no. hack that makes it easier for me to edit things. Well, people are just going to have to deal with us going back and forth, okay? Okay. Um, yes. Other housekeeping things. The structure of this show has changed a little bit. Um, it might be a bit sad, uh, because we are going to be bi-weekly instead of weekly, um, but this is so that we can do all of the other stuff that we do for Brain Rot and be full-time film students, um, and have paying jobs. Yeah, I'm not sure if you noticed, but we're busy boys. (laughs) Yes. Um, and also because we want to be doing bigger things, the episodes that we like making the most, and it seems like the episodes that people tend to enjoy the most, are when we're, like, doing commentary for a movie, or playing a fun little game, or interviewing uh, someone relevant to our lives, like Lou Wilson of Dimension 20 fame. Exactly. Um, that episode's up everywhere you listen to podcasts if you want to hear us talk to Lou Wilson. Yes. Um, and so, in order to allow us to kind of, like, only do the big fun episodes, um, we got and it. still have time to live our lives, we're going to be alternating, so... Every other episode is going to be, like, a big one where we play a little game or watch a little movie for you. Um, And then the in-between episodes are going to be shorter, where we just go through, uh, like, relevant media news and the things that we've been watching and listening to lately. um, And maybe go into a little bit of, like, 
waxing poetic about the film and TV industry. Um, yeah, basically, uh, we we love you guys, but we got to look out for number one here, yeah. which is we want to make sure this is for the best because we're trying to make sure that you guys can still get good content, but also like Jack was saying, we can live our lives and also maintain our lives. Yes, we want to sur- we want to thrive, not survive. Yes, and. Last shameless plug until I do my little spiel at the end of the episode. I promise. Different way of saying promise. Um, uh, every episode is still going to have our little pre-show where we just talk about for like half an hour before the show starts. Um, and if you want to listen to that, uh, pay for our Patreon. Basically. There we go. Um, yeah, we've about covered our bases. Uh, as for what's going on on Patreon, if... I- to entice people further before we do this again at the end. Yes. We're doing streams now, which is super cool. Yes. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we're also, we released a blooper reel, which will pro- which will be coming out publicly soon, but we released it on Patreon over a month ago. Yeah. So if you want to see stuff like that a month and a half earlier, go to Patreon. Yes. Uh, we're going to be doing mini-sodes on there just like that, too. Uh, and we're also working on talkback episodes for Nemesign. So yes. if you really want to invest your time into that, we would really appreciate it. Yeah. And if that... you like, if you like Nemesign, and if you're like, sucks that there's only twelve episodes of this. There's gonna be so many more than twelve episodes. Yeah. In the next, before we start releasing season two, there's gonna be so much bonus content. Yeah. Pay us two dollars a month. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have news. I took notes. Yeah, we have like se- we have se- we're scheduled through March. We were saying this. Yeah, we. We are doing so good right now. Yes. It's all going to come crashing down. No. We're, no. we're going to be so good. We're going to stay gonna good. so good. We're going to be good. Yes. Um, and I am going to get the internships I want. Okay. I'm manifesting. Yes. I have news. Um, go. First news that seemed interesting to me. The way that I gather news is I go through my Deadline Hollywood app, and then I go on Screen Rant, and I just pick things that look interesting to me. Um uh, ben Silverman's production company, he's a producer of The Office, among many other things. Uh, he has a company called Propagate, and they just launched a new Spanish-language division that is all for both scripted and unscripted content, um, which means that a lot more, like, cool Spanish-language projects are going to have a lot more money behind them, um, and hopefully make it to more, like, mainstream things. That's really neat. Channels. Yeah, I thought that it was neat. Yeah, because the closest I can think of right now is Telemundo from NBC. Yeah. Which is more like, I think, more like they've just slapped subtitles or dubs on shows that already exist. Yeah. I think I think it's called Propagate Fuego. I'm not entirely sure. It's it's Propagate, a Spanish word. As most of these things are. Yeah. Um, like, yes. Uh, next thing. Which I I learned and was very happy about. Not happy in like a this is going to be enjoyable, but happy in a ooh I love I love watching things happen even when they're bad. Uh, Jensen Ackles is working on a secret project for the DC Extended Universe, and no one knows what it is. I have bets. I have a bet. What and are, it's a bad one. What is it? People are gonna hate it. What? I think he's Jason Todd. Perhaps. I think he's most likely Jason Todd. Because that seems exactly like something DC would do. Like, you can't tell me. You can't look me in the eye and tell me they wouldn't cast a 40-year-old man for Jason Todd. Yeah. Even though he's, like, 25. Mm -hmm. 
I think Jensen Ackles is like over 50 now. God, is he? Hold on. Or doing a Google search on the side Jensen here. Ackles age. Oh, he's 43, never mind. He's, yeah, that's younger than my mom. That's younger than your mom. It's younger than both my parents, yeah. Um, I was about to say that's younger than both my parents combined. <laughs> no, I don't even know what that would mean. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? Like, like, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know enough about DC to make any educated guesses, but I just think it's going to be so funny to watch Jensen Ackles in a superhero movie. He was almost Batman. I know, he was almost Batman, and he turned it down to be in Supernatural. Which is um, top ten funniest things I've ever heard. Maybe he's Batman. Mm-mm. That's Robert Pattinson now. Maybe. Yeah, speaking of Robert Pattinson Batman, more news. Yeah. Um, the we we have more facts about Robert Pattinson's The Batman. It's three hours long. Yeah, it's one of the long. One. It's one of the longest superhero movies in existence. And it's not the Snyder Cut, but it is long. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's one of the longest and not the longest. Yeah, um, I mean I'm still gonna watch it. Yeah, because it's Robert Pattinson as Batman, and it's gonna probably be pretty cool. It's gonna be really cool. It's going to be. It's going to be the Joker for people who have sex. <laughs> it's going to be the Joker for people who get laid. Yeah, it's going to be the Joker for people who aren't f***ing losers. <laughs> it's like the M, right? Yeah, it's M. Cool. Little cool. life hack if you're recording something on Adobe Audition uh, and you want to make sure you remember where something is, like a word that you need to censor, uh, you just hit M and it gives you a little marker. Yeah. No, I just... I have to ask because sometimes I'll try and be helpful and hit the M instead of the recording. Yes. Because I, I, I'm boo-boo the fool. <laughs> I, I write it in my little clown cars. <laughs> yes. Um, I was going to say speaking of clown cars, but there's <laughs> nothing on my news list that that would be a good segue into. Uh, season three of Euphoria has started to release the new episode released... I thought it was only season two. Season two of Euphoria? I'm watching it actively. Uh-huh. I don't know what I'm on. Um, point is, it's coming out. Uh, it's really good. Um, the, episode, the episode three came out. We're recording this. It came out yesterday. Um, it's filmed all on Kodak Ektachrome 35mm film um, because it... I. I like this. Um, they were talking about how they want each season of Euphoria to feel like a different stage of a high school party. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reason that there was like all of the like fun glitz and glitter and makeup of season one is because it was like when you're like in the thick of a party and everything's real fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and this season is supposed to be like everything's like you're super tired and it's like really late in the night, early in the morning. And it's mm-hmm. like you should be going home. And so it's, like, they filmed it on film so that they could get, like, cool, like, washed out, like, overexposed stuff. That's um, really cool. It's really cool. It. it also means that they had to open up a previously closed Kodak warehouse because they needed to make enough of this film to shoot a full TV series on. Which is madness. It is madness. I love HBO. They have too much money. Yeah, it's not only <laughs> HBO, it's A24. Yeah, it's HBO and A24. So, like... HBO has too much money, and A24, um, has... l- lets their creative people do too much. Yeah. 
A24 is like, all right, guys, what are we doing this season? It's like, we want to represent a party, but we want to use it using 35 millimeter. We want to do it with a Kodak Ektachrome. And they were like, okay, baby, you can use Ektachrome. <laughs> hey, HBO, we need, like, so much money. <laughs> we're going to need, like, millions of dollars. <laughs> we need this. to buy so much color film stock. <laughs> and then they did. And it looked really nice. It looked gorgeous. Yes. Um, like, I don't watch uh, Euphoria because it's, like, Teen drama, I can't really get super into it. I'm sure I'd like it if I watched it, but it's like, I have to have an entry point. Yeah. Uh, but it does look gorgeous in every shot I've seen of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mostly watch it because it's pretty. Um, speaking of Euphoria, uh, Havon Walton, who plays Ashtray in Euphoria, who, if you don't know, is a, is the spunky little younger brother of the drug dealer character, uh, mm-hmm. who killed a man? He killed He's a like man? He's like 13, he killed a man. Um, that's not the point. The I feel point like is, we skimmed over that, but continue. Yeah, the point is that the actor has been cast in season three of Umbrella Academy, um, which means that there's gonna be another spunky little guy in Umbrella Academy. Oh, so a new a new guy for you to kid. A new... <laughs> <laughs> no. No one, no one in Umbrella Academy will ever beat Klaus Hargreaves. That's true. There's no way. There's no way. Um, yeah, but it means there's yeah. gonna be another spunky little guy. Um... In case you don't know, Jack has a complex about those. About spunky little guys? Yeah. You bet your ass I do. <laughs> um, yeah. And last thing for news is uh, Good Omen Season 2 is developing. This is mostly, this came out like, news about this came out like a while ago, but we were on an accidental hiatus. Um, there's like some set photos that look real fun. Uh, the plot seems to be a Xerophil helping out with something going wrong in heaven um it's going to be they keep on saying it's a story that spans across time which makes it seem like perhaps it's going to be a little bit of the extended cut of the episode three cold open yeah that gay people have been begging for we have been begging like not just begging pleading yes i have been on my hands and knees in front of (laughs) neil gaiman's writing cave every night yeah his writing cave in new zealand His, his new zealand writing cave um, it's real. Uh, yeah. It also, two of the writers, um, wrote, quote-unquote, a very naughty mini-sode. Um. What? They wrote a very naughty mini-sode. I, I heard you. Their <laughs> words. I'm following. I'm with you. So, stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really don't know what that means. But they sure did it. I'm a little afraid. Yeah. But you know what? I am too. Um, I'm very excited, though. But yeah. Uh, in case anyone who's watching at home is wondering before we get started, because I know everyone is staring at the million tabs I have and are like, what are you doing with your life? Uh, the answer is work. And number two, I don't care. I ah, keep yes. my tabs open. Work. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, this is... Resume, resume, resume. It's like different versions of the same resume, but with like the but yeah. with the cover letter changed. Yeah. Uh, here's the HBO stuff. This is a page because I was looking at a rec- looking for records for my friend's birthday. Here is a copy of an assignment. This is Tumblr. Here's what we're currently doing. This is a page for a book I need to buy for class, and this is a recap of Pretty Little Liars. Oh, and this is a and and this is, is an ex- This is an explanation of the Five Nights at Freddy's timeline. 
Wow, that <laughs> sex was poggers. <laughs> but I need to get back to telling you about the Five Nights at Freddy's timeline. So there, everyone can rest easy now. That's Great. what my tabs are. Great. All right, on to the content. Um, we're going to do a tier list <laughs> of 2021 movies and TV shows. And you might be thinking, how did you possibly narrow down all of the content that came out in 2021? I'll tell you. It's stuff we watched and have opinions about. Yeah, uh, it's stuff that we actually tolerated because there was a lot of dog shit. Yeah, so if you if you hear a thing and you're like, didn't you guys do an episode about that? Yes, we did. Go listen to it. Yeah, uh, this is also the promo episode, so... Yeah, um... I'm I'm trying to get better at self promotion. Yeah, it's been a hard it's been a hard battle. recognizing that my work is worth being promoted. Yeah, listen to Luke Ortiz. Yeah, it it I will say it doesn't help that during our meeting we described it as relinquishing our pride. Yeah, so it's an uphill battle. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we have the classic tier list. Yes. So um, if, if somehow you are not familiar with this, uh, I think you have it not at the right size it's fine well you know what it's fine there should be an f tier well i don't think that any of the things on this list are f tier worthy i didn't include any really heinous things okay well for those who are not familiar somehow s tier is the best d tier sucks a tier is pretty is pretty good but not s tier material b tier is like average c tier is like it's pretty bad but not the worst there's there's your rundown cool um and these, I'm gonna be reading them off this list, but it's in the order that I remembered them in, not in the order of, like, release or anything. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to know. It'll be, this will become abundantly clear. Uh, first one, Tick, Tick, Boom. Um. The movie I keep saying I'm going to watch and then I don't. Yes. The movie, uh, directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, one of the things that sparked the Andrew Garfield renaissance we're currently all living in. Um, it's... I I would honestly put it, hmm, I'm torn between S and A tier, honestly. I think... The music is good. The music is fantastic. It's like, it's so good, um, but I feel like parts of it, I don't know, I really, I really enjoyed it, but I know that part of the reason that I really enjoyed it is because I love Jonathan Larson so much. No, put it in S tier. It belongs there. <laughs> I, um, I don't know enough about Jonathan Larson to say anything. It's it's very good. It's the music is beautiful. The cast did such a good job. Um, Lin Manuel Miranda knew oh, exactly computer. what he was doing. Make sure you make the text white. Um, I'm already. Lin Manuel Miranda knew exactly what he was doing when he cast MJ Rodriguez and Andrew Garfield in the same movie. Um, it, just good job, Lin. Um, I gotta make that smaller. That's okay. I believe in you. Welcome to Lukewarm Takes Formatting Text Edition. Um, yeah, it's it's just very good. It's a very good like reflection on the artistic process, and it's it's a good look into what I like about Jonathan Larson's work is that it is about the AIDS epidemic, but it is from this like not an outside perspective, but an unaffected perspective, which is like not the thing that should be emphasized the most in media about the AIDS epidemic, but definitely an opinion and like a perspective that is worth being shown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think that Jonathan Larson shows it very well. For sure. Yeah. 
Okay, next is Green Knight. That's... I really like this movie. This is a movie that... Uh, so every year, so I am forced to uh, continue to coexist with my father in a space. Uh, and you know what my personal Green tradition movie. is? To make them watch a weird movie that I like. And this year I chose Green Knight. And, you, and here was their review. Uh, they were like, that was something. I believe that was their exact words. <laughs> I believe that was their exact words. Yeah. That was something. Uh, personally, I feel like it's an interesting movie, and it's an interesting way to explore, like, like this, like, um, I guess, mythology, and, like, mm-hmm. this, like, this, inter- this very, uh, interesting Welsh story, and, like, it has great world building, and it, it kind of embraces, like, this very 1300s approach to fantasy, where it's like, we're just vibing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what's going on, but we're vibing. Uh, Depp Patel's fantastic. Yes. He's definitely gonna get a nomination for this movie. God, I hope so. Uh, the, the color is fantastic, the costuming fantastic, everything about it just, like, yes. really nailed down. I think it's more of an A-tier movie, because I feel like there are some things that they could have developed a little more. Yes. I, I want to put it in A-tier for another reason, too. Um, I was just telling our roommate, John, this, like, right before we went in to record this episode, um, which is that... I will never watch Green Knight outside of a movie theater because I will not be able to see a goddamn thing. It's so dark. It's a dark movie. It is so dark. Parts of it are not, um, yeah. but the parts that are dark, they are dark. Like, like damn. It's like, I, I prefer to be able to see a movie, especially when it's starring Dev Patel. Like, I want to see his beautiful face. Yeah. So, you gotta make a new text box. No, I'm going to copy this text box. That didn't work. <laughs> no, it did. <laughs> no, my computer is just very slow because we're doing. We're currently testing its limitations by doing OBS and Adobe Audition. Because yes. then, when you do that, you don't have to like change the font or anything. And then, for all of the other ones, we can just do Command V. Very true. No. All right, my first rodeo. Um, Encanto. Encanto. This is an S tier movie. Yes. So easy. So true. Music, everything about it was just absolutely phenomenal movie. Like, yes. I, there are some people uh, that I've said, like, oh, this could have been different, that could have been different, but that is such a small minority of people in the grand scheme of, like, people yeah. complaining about movies, which is an event in itself. Like, I have not seen this, uh, this many people be so overwhelmingly positive about a movie. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's really good. It's a really good exploration of, like, family and trauma and it does it in a way that i think is still palatable for children yeah like i feel it's it is hard to like explain generational trauma to children even children who have it um and i feel like this movie does a very good job of it yeah because it's like it's not trying to tell you it's just showing you what has taken place yeah and it's like there is no antagonist it's just it's so it's so good um May I, real briefly, talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda for a second? Go right ahead. Um, you may have. Because the thing about Encanto is the music is great, but it is it is written by Lin-Manuel It's like so clearly written yeah. by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like, you Miranda. listen to Surface Pressure and you're like, hey, I know this guy. <laughs> and like, I've seen this guy before. Um, and people have been complaining about this. And I want, I want to address those complaints. Um... Because I have thoughts about them. Mm-hmm. Which is that, like, here's the thing about Lin-Manuel Miranda. Is that he has a very clear musical style. 
And it is objectively a really good musical style. Like, he definitely, he has, he's made his mark for a reason. Yeah, and it's like, you can be mad that he's the only person writing musical soundtracks right now, especially movie musicals. Like, you can be like, someone else should be writing these things. But it's like, if your response to Lin-Manuel Miranda writing another banger soundtrack (laughs) is to be like, this man can't write music, he only writes one thing. It's like, yeah, that's his style. He's a composer. Like... Sondheim did the same thing. I'm sorry, are you gonna look me in the eye and tell me- Like, you're gonna listen to We Don't Talk About Bruno and be like, this should be in a different style. Exactly. No. People, people are like- Because people have been making so many Hamilton and Encanto mashups, yeah. and some people's response to that is being like, Lin-Manuel Miranda is a bad composer because you can fit all of his songs together too well. Like, he doesn't ever branch out in, like, keys and time signatures. And it's like, yeah- because he's a composer. Yeah. Like, he's a composer with his own style. Like, listen, I could, there are so many things I can knock Lin-Manuel Miranda for as just, yeah. like, a man or a writer, but his composition is not one yeah. of it's them. It's like, you can be mad at his neoliberalism. You can you can be mad at, like, the the historical implications of Hamilton and, like, the Hamiltonification or his of tre- theater. Or, or his treatment of his own home country. Like, there yeah. are things that like, you... You can be mad at him. You cannot call him a bad composer because like, of those things. Like, whenever he... Like, talking... Like, if you were to say about an author, if you were to look at an author's selection of work and be like, this author writes too much sci-fi, they should write something else now. It's like, you wouldn't say that it's because... Like, I think Ursula K. Le Guin writes too much sci-fi. She's a sci-fi author. Like... Like, that's her brand. Like, people are allowed to have a brand. Like, literally, we are taught in school, like, you need to pick, like, you don't have to pick a genre, but there, but, like, you're going to have a preferred genre, and that's what people are going to choose you for, because you have a brand as a writer, you have a brand as a composer, and that's how you're going to sell yourself. Exactly. So, that's my, that's my Lin-Manuel Miranda soapbox. Um, Just basically get a different thing. I just, I get so mad when people, um, like, call an artist's work bad when it's not. <laughs> like, basically just... It's like, you can not like a person. They can still make good art if you don't like them. Yeah. Um, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda sucks. His music kind of slaps, though. Yeah. The Eternals. You watched it. I did see this. Uh, I went and saw it over Thanksgiving break, uh, because... Aaron, uh, I went with I went home with him, and he was like, "Hey, my friends and I are gonna go watch the Eternals. You don't have to come, but you can." I'm like, "Aaron, movies are kind of my whole deal. I'll go with you." <laughs> uh, so I don't know if you know this, but I am majoring in watch movie. Yeah, so I went with him because I was curious about it because I was like, "This is a bit unconventional for Marvel," uh, which is not a lot, but yeah. like unconventional in terms of like the standard Marvel movie format. So I was like, "Let's take a look at this." Uh, when the movie was finished, we we all looked at each other, me and these two people I had met only a day ago, mm. and we were like, this was the most confusing thing I have watched <laughs> in, like, a ye- in, like, several years. Because, like, the thing about it is, like, you're having a great time, you'll be like, this is hilarious. Like, not in the way, but not in the way they intended it to be hilarious. Right. Because it's so chaotic. They're trying to jam, like, a series worth of plot into these two hours. I see. So it all just comes out into incoherent mush. Right. And I strike off even more points for the fact, like, we all were like, they aren't gonna do it, right? They aren't gonna make the the, the, the immortal person who looks like a 13-year-old in love with the guy who looks like an adult, right? They're not gonna do that, right? They sure did. <laughs> and they did it. 
Damn. And then they had the guy take advantage of that by had to pull her to pull her over to his side. Damn, that sucks. It it sucked really bad. What tier will you put this in? Uh, given the other options on this list, this is a D tier movie. Damn. Like. Like, no mercy. <laughs> like, is this the worst movie I've ever seen? No. Like, there are parts of it that are genuinely fun, and, like, I think you're allowed to have fun at this bad movie, but, like, here's the thing. Given the other options I'm looking at right now, this is a D-tier movie. Okay. Good like, to know. So, like, I'm not comparing it to, like, all movies ever. I'm comparing it to the movies we currently have in our possession. Yeah. That makes sense. Um... My thoughts on the Eternals are just go watch the old guard. Yeah, you could genuinely. It's on Netflix. That's my. That's gay people. Genuinely, that's my opinion too. If you want, if you want something like the Eternals, just go watch the old guard. Go watch the old guard. Go read Watchmen. I don't. Yeah. Figure. Do something else. Literally. Yeah. Like it's not. You could. You could definitely watch it and you could enjoy it for like being a silly piece of content, but. I, I personally think you would have a much better time if you're looking for, like, a genuinely interesting story about, like, immortality and, like, the consequences of heroism and stuff like that yeah. by going to read Watchmen or watching The Old Guard. Yeah. So, to that instead. Yes. Okay. Keeping with the Marvel theme, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, which I still have not seen, um, I'm putting it off for as long as possible because I really don't want to get back into the MCU, and the only <laughs> options for me are either I watch No Way Home and my Marvel special interest returns in full force, <laughs> because Peter Parker has always been the center of my love of Marvel, uh -huh. um, or I don't like it and I have to cope with the fact that I didn't like a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> I think you, whenever you inevitably do watch this, it, you, you will really enjoy it, because objectively, it is the best Spider-Man movie they've released. Like, okay. No, I know I haven't seen it. It's not better than Homecoming. It kind of is. Though. I know it, it's not. I really like Homecoming, but now I'm gonna watch it just to prove to people that it's not better than Homecoming. <laughs> I think in terms of like, I like Homecoming. And no movie's better than The Amazing Spider-Man Two. That's true. I do like it's it. Starring Dane DeHaan and no one else. I do like it better. Okay, here's how I'm gonna put this. Okay. I like Homecoming better as a coming of age movie. But I like No Way Home better as a superhero movie. Okay, that makes sense. So if we're comparing apples to oranges in that way, that one is better. Okay. But if we're choosing the coming-of-age movie of these, Homecoming. Easy. I see. So that that's the way I'm seeing it. So, but if I'm picking the best superhero movie of this lot, mm -hmm. it's No Way Home. Because it actually, like, gets the character returning to form, and we actually get to see these people, like, interacting in really interesting ways, and, like, we really get to have fun with this format. Like, they're actually, like, letting these characters be people and not just, like, action figures that these, that the writers smash around, you know? Right. It's a good, it's, like, a good superhero movie that actually just feels like a, like, a comics story. Cool. So, for that reason, I think it's really good. Yeah. Uh, Tier? I think... It, if I could put it between the B tier and the A tier, not because it's, like, an okay movie, but because it's, like, it's still Marvel, so it's, mm -hmm. like, even if it's a really great movie, it's still, like, listen, I, not to say Martin Scorsese had a point, but Martin Scorsese had a point, which is that all Marvel movies are basically theme park attractions. Yeah. So. Yes. All right. I think you can put it between B and A. Yeah. Why did I do that? 
Why have I done this to myself? I don't want- What has happened? <laughs> I made a mistake, that's what happened. You're pressing the wrong button. Shh. Like you're not pressing- you're pressing option and not command. I'm doing my best. <laughs> While Ford figures this out, um, Shut up. I know that you haven't seen the next thing on the list, so I'm gonna talk about it, which is The Novice. I'm just um, gonna have to do this again. Okay. I've made a mistake. That's okay. The Novice is um, a little bit of like an indie darling. A lot of people on film TikTok talked about it, um, which is the reason that I watched it. Um, but it's this movie. Uh, it's basically Black Swan and Whiplash, but it's about a college rowing team instead of ballet. God, I want to watch or, that movie so bad. Yeah, instead of ballet or drums. Um, it's really intense like it is a psychological thriller in every sense of the word this girl really puts herself through a lot um the soundtrack is beautiful i think that it's the all of the acting in it it's like a bunch of like pretty unknown actors um the main girl especially but everyone is just like so good at what they do um, everyone is just, like, really on the top of their game. The soundtrack, like I said, it's amazing. It's, it's one of those movies that is, like, mostly just the main character walking around doing things while stressful music plays. Yeah, Um, and so it's good that they got the same person to write the soundtrack who wrote the favorite soundtrack, because same concept in the favorite, also executed beautifully in the favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I'd put it in B tier, though, because... While I really enjoyed it, I think that a lot of parts of, like, the things that this woman puts herself through, um, just, like, didn't need to be there. Uh, I did not enjoy watching them, in, and not in a way where I was like, ahaha, time to watch a thriller. It was like a, please, dear God, get me out of this situation. Um, if you're going to watch it, and you have you are in any way triggered by any kind of self-harm don't watch it um or if you have any kind of uh emetophobia is that the the fear of like vomit yes yeah don't watch it either um there's just like it's really good but there is too much of just like horrible things happening to this girl that you cannot look away from um for me to rate it higher than b tier yeah, I feel like uh, some a lot of people on Book Talk have talked about something similar in like books as well, mm -hmm. which is that people just like feel like excessive like self uh, self harm in like the capacity of just like how far can we take human like human limitations and human torture? Yeah, has been like a theme. Yeah, and it's like that is the point of this movie is like how far the main character is willing to push herself. Um, but like, and it's like I I get that. You did not have to show as much as they showed in that exactly. movie. Exactly, that's what to it's get the point across. Exactly, that's what it's more about, like yeah. the escalation and like the amount that is shown. And I think that's exactly. where the conversation comes from. Yeah, like, and I say this to somebody that has Junji Ito on my shelves <laughs> right now. So yeah, um, cool. Venom, let there be carnage. Complete one eighty. <laughs> yeah, this is an S tier movie. This in my heart of hearts. This is an S-tier movie. There needs to be a tier higher. <laughs> yeah. This was, like, I don't care what critics say if this was, like, a 60% movie. I don't give a no. Because here's the thing about it. 
It's good. This was genuinely the most fun I had watching a movie. No, that's wrong. All year. Yeah. All year. This was the most fun I had watching a movie. Yeah. Like, it it was delightful. The character dynamics were so strong. Like, I felt like I was just having a good time with these people. Mm-hmm. Like, and the time just passed so quickly. Yeah. It did. It was so good. Yeah. So, like, I feel like there needs to be, like, whenever it comes to tier lists, people just need to don't think about critic things because it's like, critics are dumb, okay? Critics can suck my dick because critics don't understand the value. Like, a lot of them do, but, like, the the ones that you see, like, for the New York Times and stuff like that, they're not thinking about, like, is this a fun movie to watch? They're thinking about... Is this a technically intro- is this a technically advanced movie? Yeah. So like it doesn't really take into account the parts where it's like, are we having a good time? And this was a good time. It was. It was a it was a rip roaring good time all around. Um Damn. We are going through this list quite slowly. That's okay. We'll move it along faster. Yes. I don't know if we will, because the next one's Midnight Mass. <laughs> That's true. Um I put Midnight Mass also in S tier. Yeah, Midnight Mass. I think it is... Some people don't like uh, Mike Flanagan's style. Yeah. That's fine. He is a wordy man. Yes. But in my opinion, this style works exceptionally well for the story he's telling. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it's like even if you don't like Mike Flanagan's style, I feel like it is so suited for Midnight Mass. Because he's basically writing a play. Yeah, it's just... The pacing of it is perfect. Every, every, like, reveal, I, I don't know, I love, I love how it is, like, the, the character drama and, like, the interpersonal relationships are so much more important than everything else in that show. And And it's, like, it's so nice to see that in, like, genre fiction, where it's, like, it is a horror show, but Mm -hmm. it's, it feels so much more like a character show with a vampire. <laughs> yeah. No, I watched this show on my own. I watched Haunting of Hill House on my own. I've watched most of Mike Flanagan's stuff. He excels in writing character-driven stuff. He excels in writing big group stories where it's like these people are like relying on each other for information and interpersonal drama. Yeah. That's where he really shines. Yeah. And like this movie, this movie, it feels like a movie in some cases, but this show just really, like, shows that ability so well. Like, mm-hmm. every character is absolutely phenomenal. And, like, every actor, it, it felt like an actathon where everybody was just yeah. trying to outact each yeah. other. Like, Hamish Linklater. Like, you had Hamish Linklater, and then you had Raul Coley. They were all just, like, on the screen, not competing yeah. for space, but they were just playing off each other, and they're like, how, how much can we escalate this scene into something yeah. insane? so good. It's why I'm so excited for his uh followed house of usher show yes it's gonna be because it's like the themes of that and of midnight mass it's just like you can tell this is like just the perfect story for mike flanagan to get his grubby little horror hands (laughs) yes exactly yeah and uh say what you will but the people he has he has the cast he goes through for a reason because those people are so talented yeah like, I mean, that's what, that's what auteurism is, is yeah. you collect some guys and then you use them in every project you do. Yeah. Yeah. But he makes it work. He, he makes does. It. Uh, um, moving on to WandaVision. This is a show that I watched. Yeah, I still haven't watched it. Uh, I'm gonna put it in B tier. Alright. That's a controversial choice. 
but here's the thing. I thought it was good. I thought it was an okay show, but it kind mm-hmm. of went down at the end. This is also where I'm going to put Loki spoiler alert. Okay. But it's like, because they both have the same problem. They both have the same problem where it's like, they have like this really interesting premise that they're playing with, and they're actually like getting somewhere with it, mm-hmm. but then they both have episode three syndrome. They both have like midway syndrome. Maybe if they watched Good Omens, they'd feel better. Because <laughs> it's like, they'll get there. You're like chugging along. You're like, wow, this plot is really developing. And But the thing is, you can know. feel that the act, you can, not the actors, you can feel that the writer's room and the director's room were at contention with each other. They, yeah. You can tell the vision was different. Because the end of WandaVision just isn't as strong as the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Like, everything else, like, up until a certain point, like, I think, like, until, like, the second to last episode, I was like, wow, this is a really interesting story for Marvel. Like, if this were not with Marvel characters, I'd be like, this is a good show. Like, yeah. Like, completely ignoring the content of that, I would just be like, wow, good show. So that's the way I was judging it. But then it got to the last episode, I was like, this feels a little messy, you mm-hmm. know? It just felt like they were trying to make, they were like, okay, we forgot to put our branding in here, we gotta get the other heroes in there, and get back to our roots of this, uh, of our era four. And we are once again back to the problem of the MCU. Yeah, we are once again back Scorsese to- was right. <laughs> we're once again back to the problem of the MCU, which is that we're focused more on marketing than we are about the story. Yeah. And that's where WandaVision could have been so good, where it's like, if they hadn't worried so much about, like, we need to get our marketing in, mm-hmm. it's, they would have been perfect. Yeah. Lo- Loki, on the other hand, Loki, on the other hand, had a similar problem, but not in the same way, where it's like, this was just a matter of people having different visions across the board. Yeah. Because, like, people had different relationships in mind for Loki and Sylvie, and because of that, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Alright. Uh, Squid Game. You also are the one who watched this, and I didn't. This is an S-tier. I'm, I'm just different. <laughs> this was an S-tier show. For obvious reason. Yeah. This is, like, the most popular show of the year, for a damn good reason. This was, like... Probably one of the best constructed shows I've seen in a hot minute. Nice. Like, every episode knew exactly what its intention was. It, the writer just executed it to perfection. Like, it knew its intention. It knew, it knew its purpose. It knew its characters. Yeah. It understands that your characters are not just characters, but they are devices to, un- to help understand the story. They are vehicles for your story. Right. And... It just understood the narr- that narrative can be more than just, like, we're trying to make it realistic. Mm-hmm. No. It understood, like, what makes it, like, the same things that make a great novel. It make make for a great TV show, which cool. is that in order to understand the plot, the plot at large, you have to see, you have to zoom out and kind of see it less as, like, people interacting and more like, what are these people representing in this moment? Mm-hmm. And I think it does a great job of that. Nice. And so, because... Now, I will say, part of me wanted to move this lower, not because of anything the show did, I'm just bitter, because Netflix is like, of course Netflix is proving the show's thesis exactly right by being like, we're gonna profit off this so much, uh, even though the entire thesis of the show is that uh, capitalism destroyed people's lives to the point where they had to come crawling back to a death game. Yeah. Alright, <laughs> speaking of capitalism, the next thing on the list is Succession! Um, I'll be honest, I've only seen the first two seasons. Uh, I still I'm, feel like that's a pretty good point of reference. Yeah, um, I just, I mean, I'm coming at it from not a complete perspective, but I would put this in A tier. I want to put it in S tier because I think that it is, like, 
the the pinnacle of what television can be in my opinion it's just like every part of it is executed so thoughtfully it's like not a single thing happens on that show that isn't intentional not only intentional in the moment but intentional in like all of these actors have put so much thought into their characters and all of the writers have put so much thought into the big picture of their show. The only reason that I'm putting it on A tier is because we don't need more TV shows about white businessmen and it kind of annoys me that Succession is so good. Like, it's so good. And it's about white businessmen. Exactly. Like, it's just like, it's just like about white rich people running around. It's about white rich people running around who are all heirs to basically fictional Fox uh, Fox News. Yeah, it's like it's about yeah, it's literally about Fox News, and that frustrates me because it's like this could be like the best show in history, and probably like for the foreseeable future, just because like how well it's executed. But you, you've made a show that it is impossible to have good representation in. Because you have made a show about an area of the world where there is no representation. Exactly. Um, And it's like, I get why they did it. It's a really cool look into, like, billionaire culture and, like, what goes on behind the scenes in businesses like uh, Waystar Royco. But it's, like, it's the fact that I, I feel that all of the talent of Succession is wasted just a little bit um, because of the fact that they're not using their talents to uplift anyone. They're just talking about white people. Like, this is also not to boost BoJack Horseman on (laughs) but, like, this is what BoJack Horseman succeeded at doing, where it's, like, it gave a platform for representation, but Mm -hmm. also, like, didn't, but also, like, didn't, like, uh, but also explored these, like, really grisly themes of, like, of, like, moral ambiguity. Well, it's, like, they, they talk about racism and like they talk about social issues a lot on the show Mm -hmm. they never have anyone to represent that because because the point is is that it's all of these like billionaires who are trying to participate in a society that they simply are not a part of and it's like that is a very interesting angle Mm -hmm. it is and i think that it is an angle that makes for good tv Mm-hmm. Um, it does not make for the best TV in the world. And Succession could be the best TV in the world if they had done something slightly different. Alright, let's, um, uh, let's yes. race through these. Yeah, moving on. Reservation Dogs, uh, I'm gonna go in uh, A tier. Um, it, it was very good. It was just solid all around. Um, I don't have a lot of like big thoughts to say about it. Um, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, I feel like uh, A tier is also just a good place for shows that aren't finished but have good potential. Yeah, Taika Waititi knows knows how to. Taika Waititi, you he knows how to executive produce a show. Um, Taika Waititi, you bastard! You've done it again. Yeah, and I, I don't know if the cast of Reservation Dogs like wants a big acting career and like celebrity, but I think that they should get treated the same as the Stranger Things kids if that's what they want. Um, next, the other two is this, uh, Comedy Central show that I got into several years ago and then could not find for the longest time, and then I found out it was on HBO Max, and I binged, like, the whole show in two days. Um, it's just, it's this fun comedy. I'm gonna put it in B tier, um, just because it's, like, 
it's funny and that's about it. Um, like, I don't think that it does anything super interesting, but it is very funny to me. It is such a, like, good satire of influencer culture. If you don't know what it is, it's about these two siblings um, who are, like, struggling artists in Hollywood, and their, like, 12-year-old brother um, goes viral and becomes this, like, social media star. It's very good. Um, Shadow and Bone. I want to put between B and C tiers. You've seen it too, right? I've seen parts of it. Okay. Um, but I understand For the why. sole reason that they made it about the wrong characters. Yes, this is exactly what I was going to say too. Like, oh my god, they have, six, they have the Six of Crows right, right there. Yeah, and the next season is going to be Six of Crows, um, which we know because they've cast Wylan. Um, but it's like... The entire time that I was watching Shadow and Bone, and I watched it before I read any of the books, um, so it wasn't like I went in, like, already loving the characters, or, like, already having expectations for some of the characters, but it was, like, by the second episode, every scene that was about, like, Grisha politics, I was like, this is dumb. Go back to the barrel. Go back to Ketterdam. I don't care. (laughs) It's like- it's just such a tedious show. Yeah, it's like, they created- this, like, visually really cool universe, and I feel like the magic world-building in the Grishaverse is very interesting, um, and all of the, like, cultural world-building, too. And then Shadow and Bone just focused on the boring part of it. Yeah, it's like, I don't... It's like, it focused on, like, weird political intrigue and a really toxic relationship between this girl and the head of the military. Game of Thrones ruined fantasy because now <laughs> everything is about politics, and here's the thing... I don't give a sh** about fantasy politics. Yeah, well, I mean, Six of Crows is about fantasy politics, but it's but like, also about little teenagers doing a heist. Yes, you have to balance it, because it's and like... And what, yeah, uh, what the people who made Shadow and Bone didn't understand is that we don't care about the politics side, we care about the little teenagers doing like, a heist. I think there's a place for fantasy politics before anyone gets on my ass or being like, you just don't like things with substance. I do! I do enjoy fantasy politics to some degree. I just don't, I just don't enjoy the way that they've been presented lately, where it's like, you have to take your medicine of taking fantasy politics. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to, though. Yeah. I want a good story with it. Yes. Like, fantasy politics can't be your story. Yeah. You have to have substance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, only Murders in the Building. I did not watch all of this show. Um, but I did watch, I think, a good deal of it. I would put it in B tier. Um, just because, like, I, I think it's it's similar to the other two, where, like, it's solid. I just, I don't think that it does anything super cool. And I think that a lot of the reason that it's, like, really good is because of the cast. Um, and I think that all, all three of the main guys work really well together. I also just, like, had some gripes because I feel like the way that they talked about podcasting and the way that they talked about making a podcast is just, like, not really how any of it works. Yeah. Because, like, I know that the way that um, professionals go about doing things like podcasts is very different from the way that we do, but it's, like, their whole setup and it's just, like, the culture that they created surrounding podcasts in Only Murders in the Building. I was like, this isn't... Maybe, Maybe this is how straight people do it, but this is not how me and my friends do it. Like, listen... We 
we we realize that the world of of audio drama creation is different than the world of like no. true crime podcasts. Yeah. yeah, but still, we do have a pretty decent understanding of like the way that things work. Yeah. Um, what we do in the shadows? Uh, new season. Mwah. I want to put it. I want to put it in D tier because Guillermo and Nando didn't kiss in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should. Do, I think. We I should, think we need to really start putting pressure on Jermaine Clements. Yeah, I think we need to start ruling them. But it's like D tier. Uh, it's like we put it in D tier, but it's like only for not kissing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's it's an S tier show, but we're putting it in D tier. We're it's an S tier show, but we're do it. Uh, but we're putting it in D tier for timeout. Yeah, you want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. It's because it's funny. <laughs> All right, but just know it is an S tier show in our hearts. Yeah, I think put put a note, put like some parentheses next to Wimadits that says uh, timeout, so that if anyone sees this out of context, um, they know that it's not because we hate it. I love it. I'm in the process of writing a spec script for it right now. <laughs> Time out for no gay is what that says. Um, all right, we only have two left. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, Bo Burnham's inside. This is an A tier. I would put it in S tier, but I will acquiesce. See, no, I agree with you, but I also feel like, you know. I think, yeah, I think that it should be an A tier for the same reason Succession is an A tier. Exactly. Where it's like, it's perfect. Um, stop. Stop making. Stop sh- letting defaults make art. <laughs> stop make. Stop letting shows just be about white men being sad. Okay. Yeah. Not everything has to and be about white men. Also, sad. it's like Tick Tick Boom and Inside are fundamentally the same piece of media. Exactly. Like they are exactly the same. Um, and the music in Tick Tick Boom is better. <laughs> Because Jonathan Larson wrote it. Yeah, it's like, listen, I can admire, like, the work that Bo Burnham did in, like, what it, like, what it's representing, but, like, yeah. number one, we don't need any more white man sad content. Number two, there are other things that have done it better. Yeah. Yeah. So for that um, reason, it's A tier. I do, I do think Bo Burnham's inside is, um, one of the, like, great pieces of modern media, though. I'm a film major. You are a uh, film major. Last we have In the Heights, which did- wait, am I dumb? Hold on. This was 2021. It was 2021! <laughs> no, time is just really slow. I did it. I was right for a second. I thought it came out in December also, 2020. you know, when you said you had a film- uh, you were a film major, it really doesn't help that you're wearing your film major glasses right now. Yeah. I think that I look like Austin Powers just a little bit. <laughs> just a little? Um- I think In the Heights is S tier. I think this is a really good example of a movie musical. Yeah, this yeah. Is like, the reason that I think it's S tier is because it's like movie musicals have been on the decline but this for really, so long. But this really reignited my love. Like this was just a textbook example of a good movie yeah, musical. Yeah, it's like the 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 way they incorporated the choreography, um, the way. Ooh, I want to say that I am so happy that Stephanie Beatriz is in the Lin-Manuel Miranda project inner circle now. Yes, Because <laughs> she sure. was also um, Mirabel in Encanto, um, and she was also in In the Heights, and I'm just like, yes, d- put her in every Lin-Manuel Miranda project. I want to see her. I want to hear her voice. She has such a good voice. Like, she does. Like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah, sure, she, it's like, oh, she sounds cool when she does her husky voice, but it's like, 
people forget that she has, like, this really nice, like, clear, bell-like voice. And yeah. She just has this very sweet voice that just, yeah. she doesn't get to use. Yeah, it was really fun to show my parents in Kanto, um, because they know Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and halfway through the movie I was like, you know that's Rosa in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and they were like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, you, you have no idea. Wait till I show you an interview of this woman. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so good. And as we said, the Lin-Manuel Miranda music style is objectively pretty nice. Like, there's a reason he's successful. Yeah. Like, and it's because his style is... It f- it f- yeah. Alright, so here's our tier list. Here's the tier list for the people at home that can see this. Yes, we will also make this available on our social medias. Yes. Spiel? Spiel. Speaking of social medias... Um, we're gonna get better at shilling. Yes, we're getting better at shilling. Um, yeah, this, this, like, wraps up our, our tier list. This is all the things that we enjoyed. This is so surprisingly optimistic for us. I'm looking at it, and I'm like... This is really nice, considering the way we are. This is really nice, considering that our, that our finale last year was that we had to say something nice about everything we talked about, and we could barely do it. We could grow. <laughs> Character growth. We've developed as men. See, we can be positive, nice people. People can change. We can change. If we talk about things we liked. And hey, um, you know what? While we're here, I love you, man. I love you too. Yeah. Okay. Um, this show, this, it, what you just experienced, um, is a Brain Rot Presents production. Um, that means that if you care about what we have to say, you can follow us at brainrot underscore presents, that's presents with no ease, uh, anywhere your little heart desires. Um, everything will be linked below. That also means, as we said in the beginning, uh, that you can sign up for the Brainrot Presents Patreon to get uncensored versions of this episode, video versions of this episode, uh, extended ones with a little pre-show, and all of the behind-the-scenes content for our audio drama Nemesign. Um, if you don't care about any of that, and just like us, we are Lukewarm Takes EC, as in Emerson College, uh, on Instagram. One day, I will be better about posting on there. One day. One day we will be better at posting on our social medias. And we're trying- we are trying to get better about it. Yes. And, uh, as we were saying, there's a lot of cool- really cool, interesting content on there. And, and now that we have this new schedule, we're gonna have so much more time to film TikToks. Yes. And also- we just want to say, because we haven't done this before, please leave a review if you can. Like, yes, if you review this show, um, it will give us it will give us more money, and then we can do more things. Like, genuinely... And pay our writers. <laughs> like, genuinely, this is a very... Like, you don't have to leave a comment. Just, be, just leave, like, a little five-star review, because that does push us up in the yeah. algorithm. Or, you know... Please leave a comment. Like... Yes. We encourage it either way, but, like, that does help us more than Apparently I have a meeting with my academic advisor tomorrow. This is news (laughs) to me. Um, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, my closing thoughts are, uh, you know what? We're doing pretty good. Yeah. My closing thought is, sometimes movies are good. Yeah, my- We talk a lot about bad movies on this here show, but sometimes they're good. You know what? I think this is an optimistic start to a new season that I think is warranted and needed. Uh, because sometimes we can be pretty, pretty pessimistic, but, like, I- I think that this is a good place to start. Yeah. 
We can be optimistic people. Yes. And we will see you in two weeks um, for an optimistic new episode um, that will be a little bit shorter, but we promise we will be the same insane little guys. We, we will continue to be Blorbo from your show. <laughs> we will continue to be Blorbo from your show. And continue making Blorbos for your shows. Yes. I have been Jack. I have been Ford. And this has been Lukewarm Takes. Wow, we're really just ending strong here. Let's just let's just cut it while we're while we're ahead. <laughs> have a good let's night. Stop the recording. Yeah, have a good night, everybody. <laughs> okay, you also have to turn off the yes, audio. I'm aware.